Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you're here. I think if there's one thing we all dislike, it's favoritism. Whether it be the teacher's pet in the fourth grade classroom or somebody that gets a perk because of what his last name is. And it just kind of bothers us, doesn't it? Just to see people being treated differently based upon no other reason other than just they happen to be somebody's favorite. And and that's what the Jewish people, that was kind of the attitude many of them had back in the first century. They felt as if uh, we're better than other people because uh, we have the law of God. We have the temple of God. We're God's special people. We're not like them. You see it no better illustrated than in the lives and practices of the Pharisees, which is why Jesus reserved some of his harshest uh, rebuke for them. And Paul is jumping on that right now. And I find this very interesting because this was Paul. Of all the people that were the poster children of that kind of religious Phariseeism, that kind of uh, arrogance and pride, it was the Apostle Paul. So he really understood this. And watch what he says in Romans chapter 2 and uh, verse number 14 is where we are today. So Romans 2 and verse 14, he says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Here's the, here's the point. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So what is this all about? Well, what this is all about is building upon the argument or at least the the uh, the truth we learned last episode, and, and that is that God holds Jews and Gentiles both accountable to his law. Even though the Gentiles don't have a book in front of them called the law of God, and even though the Jews do have the book in front of them called the law of God, they are equally accountable for their sin before a holy God. And he begins here with the Gentiles because you might be thinking, well, that's a little bit unfair. Like why should the Gentiles be accountable to a holy God if they didn't have thou shalt not do this and thou shalt not do that. And they didn't have all of the multifarious expectations and laws of God given to them and carefully preserved for them through scribes and through oral traditions and through synagogue worship. And I mean, it seems patently unfair that the Gentiles would have the same accountability before God that the Jews do. 
And that's not entirely true. I think there is a greater accountability for those that have the law. But the point is, they are both accountable for their sin before God. Why? Well, this is the reason. The reason is because, yes, while the Gentiles do not have the written law of Moses in front of them, and while they weren't taught that growing up like the Jewish children were, and they never went through a bar mitzvah to become sons of the law as the Jewish boys did, uh, no, they were still accountable. Why? Because the Bible says every single person has a conscience. Think about the word conscience, con or co, which is with, and then the root word science, which is knowledge. And so a conscience literally is a co-knowledge with God. It's God allowing people naturally, even people without the Spirit of God, naturally to understand certain things about the morality of God, the expectations of God's character upon man. And that's conscience. Uh, conscience is part and parcel to humanity. Uh why is it that even people that have never read the Bible know that stealing is wrong, murder is wrong? There's a certain moral code. Now, it's maybe not as specific, uh, certainly not as authoritative. Man's conscience is certainly not authoritative as the Word of God, but there's enough of God's moral code that's been stamped upon man and his conscience to hold him accountable that he knows that what he has done is wrong. So how does the conscience work? Well, the conscience, not perfect and certainly differing in sensibility from person to person, but here's how the conscience works. The conscience is what we use, what mankind uses to either excuse his behavior or the conscience accuses his behavior. Those are the two words we read a moment ago. So in what sense does your conscience excuse you? You might say, well, I did that, but I was justified in doing that. My conscience, I, I have a clean conscience. I did that, but I have a clean conscience about it. Well, that's what we're talking about. Or maybe you did something and no one else saw it, but you felt badly because of it, because you knew your conscience told you, it slew you and said, that was wrong. You stole that. You lied about that. You whatever. That's the point. The point is that God has given all people a conscience. Now, can we abuse our consciences? Yes. And the Bible talks about uh, consciences being seared. And we can harden our conscience toward the Lord. Uh, and so that's certainly true. But the fact is, mankind has a conscience, and that conscience is a general way by which God reveals himself, his moral code, his character to an unsaved world. Now, remember, last chapter, we talked about the first aspect of general revelation, and that is creation, that people can go outside, they can look up at the stars, they can look at a beautiful mountain landscape and realize there is a creator. The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth demonstrates or shows his handiwork. And so we know there's a divine cause. That's general revelation. It tells us there's a God. Now, we can willingly resist that. We can suppress that truth in unrighteousness. We talked all about that. But it doesn't 
negate the fact that God has generally revealed himself in in creation. And here in chapter number two, God has generally revealed himself in conscience. You just can't argue against that. Every person has that inner witness called conscience that accuses and accuses his motivations. And God is saying, Gentile world, even without the written law of God, you are accountable. Now, look at verse verse number 16. And verse number 16, a little bit hard to understand if you don't recognize the punctuation marks. For instance, you'll notice that verse number 15 ends with a parenthesis, and that parenthesis began all the way back in verse number 13. So to really understand verse number 16, we have to read it next to the verse before the parentheses, okay? So back to verse number 12, where the Bible says, for as many as have sinned without law shall perish without law. That's the Gentile world. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So even though there's judgment for both Gentiles and Jews, the Gentiles won't, their judgment won't be as severe because they didn't know as much. And those that had the law, they know more and more definitively will be judged to a greater degree because they have a higher level of accountability, okay? But watch the end of verse 12. Uh, they, them, as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Now when, look at verse number 16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So, Wow, that's a mouthful. But what that is saying then is that there's coming a future day of the judgment of all unsaved people, Gentiles and Jews, who will all be judged. Now, and you'll be judged according to what you knew. Some knew the law of God only in their conscience. Some knew it much more definitively through the actual revelation of God's word. Uh, as Jewish people. But the fact is, the righteous judge, Jesus Christ, will judge all men one day for their deeds based upon the law of conscience or the actual law given by God. And there will be nobody that will escape that judgment, except for those who have come by faith to Jesus Christ whose sins have been eradicated because the imputed record of Jesus has been given to them and the gospel has done its marvelous, powerful work. And so that's why the apostle Paul said, they'll be judged according to my gospel. I love how the apostle Paul says my gospel. He just loved the good news about Jesus. He loved the good news of the gospel and he owned it. It's my gospel. The point is that the way by which we're judged one day for sin is primarily in the gospel. The fact that we have rejected the only resource of righteousness that could possibly have saved us. And that is the powerful gospel that reveals the righteousness of God. And one day the judgment will be, did we or did we not receive the gospel? Because if we receive the gospel, then we have the righteousness of God. We have the righteous record of Jesus. That's why Paul led with the gospel in Romans 1 and verse 16. Before he talked about the wrath of God, before he talked about the sin of man, he led with the power of the gospel. And we're judged according to my gospel, Paul said. 
And so if I've received Christ, no judgment. Why? No judgment necessary. I mean, I, I am as righteous as Christ. I have that record imputed to me. But if I have not received the gospel, then I'm judged according to my righteousness, which does not meet the standard, which falls short. And I've been accused by the word of God itself. I've been accused by my own conscience. And I am there without any excuse. And that's a sad thing. So I hope that makes sense today. That really comes down to, we can work our way to heaven, but no one's going to do it perfectly. Matter of fact, we all fall abysmally short of that, or we can receive the gift righteousness of Jesus. Now, I know I keep on jumping ahead of myself, but I don't want to leave people in a lurch. I want you to understand there's hope and that hope is in Jesus. And Jesus' story is the story of the gospel. Now, tomorrow... We're going to jump into verse number 17 and talk a little bit more specifically about people that were so dead set in their Judaism. Now, we've talked about the Gentiles and their conscience, but now let's talk about the Jew who has the law of God and yet has not discovered the power of the gospel. What's holding him back and what's he putting his confidence in? We'll talk all about that next episode. Hope that helps for today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.